if you're the kind of dad who has a guy who can get you what you need, and we're not talking about stuff at Costco, then this is the podcast for you. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. We are the podcast celebrating suburban dad life and dads from wherever they may live throughout the universe. Welcome. This is season number five, episode number eight. We're calling this episode High on Dads because our guest today is Daniel Goldberg, the SVP of Corporate Development for biosynthetic cannabinoid company, Lavon. So we're going to find out what is biosynthetic cannabinoid and what's its purpose? How is it made? That's coming up in a later block on Bad to the Dad. My name is Adam D. And now it's my great pleasure to introduce my very good friend, podcast partner. He is essentially that three-point mid-court shot that you need in order to get you into the championship game. He's Coach Randy. Hello, Coach. Cannabinoid. Cannabinoid. Been working on that all week. Cannabinoid. You're you're ignoring the basketball reference, the 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 metaphor. No, I'm not ignoring it. I'm just you're practicing. I'm just merely cannabinoid. I have been working on that word. Don't cannabinoid yourself or me in the process of trying to pronounce that. So. And by getting cannabinoid right, you can still count on me on that three point shot. Whoa! What a weekend full of basketball. How about that? I, you know, we were talking about it offline. Now, this is, Gonzaga seems to be a team of destiny, and they play Monday. So we're, depending on when you listen to this, the, the whole tournament could be over. But, uh, you know, UCLA, I think, gave them their greatest challenge all year. And wow. Think about, think about UCLA. They're a team that had to play into the tournament as an 11th seed, play more games, but just snuck up on everybody. Well, whatever it is. That's what makes March Madness, March Madness. If you cross off March, it's April. Great to be a sports fan just because there's so much going on and you cannot help but sitting there watching. And I actually watched the women's uh, Final Four uh, with Arizona. Yeah. Uh, coming up and uh, upending and uh, knocking off number one seed, UConn. I, I don't watch you know, I don't watch much basketball, but boy, that was a fun game to watch too. You just can't help great. Great competition, Madam Defense, defense, defense. Just goes to show you that in spite of all the zinging and flinging, and we saw that of the Baylor men's team in the first game against Houston, which which was completely uninteresting because it was such a blowout. Defense will still get you into the championship game, and who knows, it could still win championships. I know uh, you're a big fan of Arizona because that's where a lot of your uh, your money goes. Uh, I don't know if you're still paying off your uh, your, your two kids. It went. uh, went. Yeah. So, hey, cannabinoid. getting something for your investment. Cannabinoid. Cannabinoid. So our guest today, Daniel Goldberg, SVP. Cannabinoid. Development I just can't help Levant. but say it. I just yeah. can't help but well, say cannabinoid. Keep, keep practicing because you're going to need it. <laughs> and we're going to learn a lot about a biosynthetic cannabinoid a little yes. later on today. Biosynthetic cannabinoid. Yes. Yeah. That's time well spent. Whatever you canceled this week to practice saying this, it was extremely worthwhile. Oh, I, I went all in on it. Went all in. Mm. I went yeah, all in to go all out. See, I yeah. went all in to go all out. Yeah, so you're putting that? your whole self in. 
not taking your whole self. You're putting your whole self in. Yes. You're shaking it all, all about because that's what it's all about. That's what we do for you, the listeners. About the hokey pokey, brother. Great, great, yep. great segue to the hokey pokey. You can't, yeah. you cannot go wrong with an episode when you talk about the hokey pokey. And you know who does the hokey pokey and knows what it's all about? She's also, I was thinking about how do we introduce Becky Berman? She's also the, the three-point shot from midcourt that you need to get you into the championship game. Of course, Berman branding with Becky Berman. She's doing some great work for you too, coach. She does the hokey pokey. Boy, can she pokey with the hokey. All right. I don't know where we're going with that. <laughs> uh, yes, Becca Berman, uh, BermanCS.com, and of course, BermanBranding.com uh, is my hero, is my social media guru. And uh, also, um, we are using her for our, my daughter's bat mitzvah logo. Wow. She worked on your son. Yes. So uh, what we have got, gone all in to go all out on Becky Berman and Berman Branding as well. Yeah. That's what it's all about. She designed the Bone Daddy logo that you see on Bone our Daddy. Media we got some, our website. We got some merch coming. We got some merch coming. I mean, I think in the next year as we prepare for season six, it's going to be our year, Adam D. It's going to be our, our year. What have the last two years been? Just warming up the engine? That that's just that's just kind of been the precursor to wow. we're gonna we're gonna sell. We're gonna have merch. We got a book. We got a forthcoming book we've been talking about now for for about three years. So. uh you know, <laughs> <laughs> we've got a lot more material now to work with. So, so that'll be good. So coach, you were talking about sports season. It's a good time to be a, a sports fan and a, a sports dad because basketball is ending baseball. And a lot of the spring sports have, have started. Some of these sports they don't even have a season like soccer. I know kids who play soccer, they're playing it all year round. They're playing year it round. outdoors and year indoors round. in the fall. Don't the get me started, Adam D. Don't get me started on year round soccer. Don't get me started. Soccer and softball. I know you're you're a softball dad, but let me ask you this: you know, what happens when your kid has an injury and you really want them to get back on the field or on the court, but their kid just isn't ready? You know, parents like that, they just oh my gosh, Adam D. It is, uh, it is it's it's the worst. And um, you know, you see these professional athletes who um get surgeries, have these injuries, and they seem to turn around in two or three weeks and play. And what parents don't realize is these professional athletes get 24 seven support from doctors and trainers and not just any, the best in the, in the, you know, in the world. And so for many parents who've invested, you know, tens of thousands of dollars and the kid gets injured their sophomore year um, that, and they somehow have this belief that their kids go in T1. Uh, they just uh, are looking for a way to get their, uh, investment back and it, it's it's the worst uh they pressure coaches they pressure trainers and of course the kid ends, ends up hurting him or herself even worse uh, seen it far too many times so yeah, i was going to ask you have you seen that a lot especially as a softball coach far, uh, far too many times games. yeah not so much softball but uh, not so, i mean I've, I've been on the youth end side of softball with baseball having coached at all levels through high school uh division three college um, what, what's the worst part is that you have parents who, uh, in baseball, the worst thing you do for a kid who's a pitcher is teach them the curveball. So it's great, right? These coaches that have these kids pitching a curveball at age 12, even 10, right? The throwing curveball. So they're striking out kids, they're winning championships. It's great. But then what happens by the time they're 15 or 16, their elbows are shot and they can't pitch it and they, and they, and they cannot pitch anymore. Uh, and all that time, the, 
congratulations, you won all these trophies, 12 to 15. But now when it comes to high school, you're shot because your arms done. And college coaches across the country are tired of the one sport athlete, um, especially in especially in baseball. They, if you've been a pitcher your whole life and you don't play anything else, and you're pitching fall and you're pitching spring and summer and, and winter, uh, your arm's shot. It's toast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and it I is. Know a uh, lot of, in baseball, there's a lot of these travel leagues, and I know a lot of kids in town who play on three teams yes. in a season, and they play a position. They're a, they're yes. a, a position player or a specialty player. Especially, and is it, yes. It's, it's not, not just pitching, pitching, but any, any, any position. You know, it is, uh, you, you need to have, um, even in our town, and I've been doing my best to, to push this, um, multiple sports. Remember the day, Adam D, here I am, the old man, right? Remember the day we had kids in our school that were the, the three sport or three star letterman, yeah, uh, yeah. letter athlete that, uh, yeah. you'd be like, they, they were just great at all three sports. Not happening anymore. No, so dad's out there now. Dads, get out there, teach your, your kids multiple sports, teach them golf, teach them baseball, teach them basketball, heck, gymnastics, whatever. Give karate, karate, teach uh, them break dancing. Apparently, no, that's whatever. I you just, win a gold medal in the Olympics for break dancing. It's so it's, it's about return on your investment. So, if you're going to spend that kind of money, if your kids going to college, put it into a 529 attitude, put it into a 529 guaranteed college scholarship right there. Yeah. All right. So, Coach, here's the reason why I ask you, and it, it's going to sound a little ridiculous. So, you know, it's never, my ridiculous. Son, it's never ridiculous. It's never ridiculous. Well, if it, com- it comes from us, chances are it's at least a little bit ridiculous. So, um, you know, my son, Aiden, he is uh, 12 years old and he's into golf. Yes. Um, and, and golf is kind of the sport. Even if you have an injury, you could probably get away with it if you take the cart and you only play nine holes. That's what we're going to do today. But he mm-hmm. also does track through the rec program. And he has this growth plate injury in his foot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we took him to a podiatrist. We took him to a chiropractor. We took him to, uh, I think, his, his regular doctor. Maybe we didn't do that. Uh, there's so many doctors. I can't even, I can't even keep up. We have, you have like two kids. So that's got to be like yeah. 16 doctors, right? I, we have a team of specialists, too. <laughs> so the doctors are like, it should only last a couple of weeks. Take some time off of it. And then you can go back and do track. And you know, we had spring break this past week. So there was, there was no track. He really wants to get back out there. I'd like to see him get back out there because it's been a very cold winter. There hasn't been a lot of outside play and, and running. I got around. you. He's had his golf coach in the heated booth, but you know, that's, that's an hour every Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be the dad that says, go out, go back out and go out too soon. If it's going to cause a long-term injury. Mm-hmm. And yeah. see, I, I think I need a little perspective here because it's, it's recreational track. It's not like track. Right. It is travel track, but it's not like high school. It's not like some of these, you know, travel baseball teams where you're going yeah. out of state, you're going to Cooperstown, you know, yeah. we're, we're not, we're not, yes. we're not going to uh, Atlanta, you know, to Olympic yeah. park where yes. I had the games in 96. Not doing the Disney uh, sports complex yes. in uh, uh, Florida. World of sports. We're, we're going to the high school track and that's about as, as good as it gets. And there is a spring tournament, but, you know, now, now I'm in that phase where I have to think, all right, how, how soon is too soon to get him out there? And, and I'm thinking, and you know, you tell me if uh, I'm on the right track here, you ask him every day, how does it feel? Walk around on it and uh, you know, don't go back out until you're ready. You know, what's nice about kids and kids are usually pretty honest, um, but they're also very competitive. And that's the hard part is 
uh, that's what you want your kid. You want your kid to be resilient. You want your kid to overcome adversity and you want, they want to play uh, and they want to race and they want to run. But uh, uh, the big part of it is teaching your kid, let your body speak to you. Mm-hmm. You have to let your body speak to you. And in the big picture, right, you're not going to Olympics. Let's just put this out there. You're not going to the Olympics as, as a track star. Right? Is he a thrower or is he a runner? Well, they have the kids do a little bit of everything, and then they find out what you're good at. So he does yeah. some sort of form of javelin. It's like the Nerf javelin, like, you know, Lamar from Revenge Lamar of the Nerds. Remember that? Revenge of the, the Nerds. Bouncy, the bouncy Nerf javelin. It ruined, the javelin for, it ruined the javelin forever, that vision. <laughs> yes. And then uh, they have, you know, the long jump. But mostly it's the running events. It's sprints. Yeah. It's some long-distance events. Like, they do the mile. They do a two-mile. They do a half-mile. Yeah. Uh, they do a relay race. In fact, a couple of years ago, he, uh, his team came in third in a county relay race. It was a four by 100, which was outstanding. Uh, so they, they mix it up a little bit, but you know, there's no shot put, there's no discus, there's no pole vault, none of that kind of thing. So if he, if he does anything, it's going to be mostly running. It's this, these are great life lessons. You know, the big picture life lessons is understanding that this is your foot for the rest of your life. And if you feel it's worth it to go out there, um, and it starts hurting and you put too much pressure and I just know it's going to impact, no, uh, your golf. And if golf is more important to you, you know, that's, that's the other piece is we have to teach our kids life lessons. And so if you use it in that regard that you cannot make a mistake, um, this is going to be on you. You know, you're, you're smart. You got a bar mitzvah coming. You're going to be an adult soon. So, uh, but it's that a, bar mitzvah sitting down. You got to do that. You cannot, and, and you cannot dance sitting down. So you can certainly get up in the chair. Uh, but it's a great question that parents often struggle, but I don't see you as the kind of parent that's out there saying, you know, rub a little dirt in it, you know, get up there and we've got ice, which on one hand, you want to teach our kids to learn how to deal with, with pain. But there are far too many times where, and this is a, um, a, a story of a big shout out to a book called What Made Maddie Run. It's a story about a, a true story about a kid from Allendale. Um, in their high school program, who was a track star. And she was raised as a track star. And she was taught, you know, you run through the pain. Hmm. You run through the pain. And she did. But she had emotional pain deep inside her body and her heart. Her parents were aware of it. And because that was the mindset, you run through the pain and you start experiencing pain. You know, not only you wanted to get to that point, but still it's uh, the life lessons you learn is that pain is uh, is a life lesson. You know, it's it teaches you. But uh, my guess is Aiden's a kind of uh, kid that would be honest with you. And if he says, listen, that my foot's not there, you'll say, okay, good. SW. You know what SW stands for? Some will, some won't. So what? Yeah. Some so you'll, it, it's just track. <laughs> it's right. Exactly. So what? So what? I'm curious we'll, to see what we'll happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you said, I think we're going to, we're going to make this a smart play. And I, and I bring this up because I know so many parents are struggling with this. Last night, I had a conversation with a baseball dad, and he has this star pitcher on his travel team out for the year. Why? Growth plate in the uh, shoulder, I yeah. think. And he, he has been shut down. Uh, the kid, you know, as you said, was honest with his parents, said it's painful. I know I'm going to miss baseball this spring. But here's the beauty of being young. There's always mm-hmm. another season coming up. I'll be back this summer. Well, and the best, I mean, we're also coming on the heels of, entire year without sports for, for people. So I have, I have, I have 
you know, I, I run the town softball program. We've got so many first-time players at all the levels. It's crazy. I think just parents are saying, okay, we don't care what sport's going to play, but whatever comes up first, it's outside, you're playing. Uh, <laughs> you're going to be playing ultimate Frisbee at that point. or uh, hey, that's You're going to be hopscotching and hula hooping. And that happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, speaking of which, do you remember when, this wasn't that long ago, when we, you could sit outside and you made those hotchkops boxes and as yeah. people walked by, they just did the hopscotch because yeah, that there's was a commercial about it now. I don't yeah. know what it's for, but yeah, there's a whole thing where a mailman, an angry mailman. We used to do that. That, that was something to, to pass our time during yeah. uh, quarantine. Never knew how to play. Like people throw rocks at the number and then you, you know, you do. Your it didn't dance. matter. It was something as because people were going outside walking. Yeah. There you came up to a uh, hopscotch grid and you had to play along. Coach, you're going to have to teach me hopscotch once people are allowed to be together. I don't I know. That's, given that's your, a life skill we're going to need. Given your age, you're on that penumbrum, right, mm. of potential injury to your uh, – it could be to your, your plantar fasciitis, your Ooh. your meniscus, your uh, your lower back, your lumbar five. You know, I'll I tell you what. I'll have my team of specialists on call, I'll have my chiropractor, I'll have my podiatrist, I'll, I'll have my gastro there just in case because you never know. You never, and your uh, urologist for the prostate exam. Yeah, well, listen, can't forget about the urologist. So, so we've been talking about pain coming up. We're going to be talking about a product that I think takes away the pain. That's biosynthetic cannabinoid with our guest, Daniel Goldberg, the SVP of corporate development of Levon. That's coming up next on Bad to the Dad. Stay with us. Cannabinoid. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. You can find us on social media at Bad to the Dad is our handle on most platforms, and that includes Instagram, Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter, so you can pretty much find us everywhere. We've also got one of those websites, www.badtothedad.com. Again, badtothedad.com, where you can check out information about our guests, past, present, and future. And if you want to interact with us, Email is the best way to do that. Contact us at badtothedad.com. Contact us at badtothedad.com. Or if you prefer using social media to communicate with us, you can do that too. You can DM us at any of those social media platforms, which are at badtothedad. Today, we are going to be talking about something that I think is, is very relevant, Coach, very topical. It's um, it, We're going to be talking about cannabis, but we're going to be talking about a very special and focused segment of it, and that is biosynthetic cannabinoid. Our guest today comes to us from Toronto, Canada, and that is Daniel Goldberg. He's one of the executives of Levon, a biosynthetic cannabinoid company. Cannabinoid. Cannabinoid. Uh, You can stop rehearsing. We're in the interview, Coach. Daniel, good to see you, and thank you so much for being on Bad to the Dad. Welcome. Welcome. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, Daniel, first we've got to ask, what is biosynthetic cannabinoid? We know that cannabis has been in the news. A lot of states in the U.S. are starting to legalize recreational cannabis, not just CBD, but, but recreational marijuana. So where does biosynthetic cannabinoid come in? 
Yeah, no, great question. I think if you have heard of cannabis or you're familiar with cannabis, you uh, are familiar that it comes from a plant um, being grown for thousands and thousands of years. What biosynthetics do in general is to take what is naturally occurring in nature and recreate it uh, through a fermentation process. So with biosynthetic cannabinoids, we're actually modifying a strain of yeast, feeding it sugar in a large scale fermentation tank. And at the end of that process, it will spit out the desired cannabinoid on an isolate basis. So on a pure, pure, pure basis. There's a number of benefits of, of that process. So we're essentially taking cultivation out of the equation and we're using um, yeast and sugar and fermentation the same way you would make beer or alcohol. So I hear the word yeast, uh, Daniel, and I think of a yeast infection in a woman's vagina. I, I can't help but say that. Um, so is it safe to say that you're, you're not growing things? Coach. <laughs> you know, if this, if this is where we're at a couple minutes into the discussion, I'm, I'm looking forward to the 37th and 47th minute of the, of, of the interview. <laughs> um, take long. Coach. No, I, I, I think, I think you should be looking at yeast from the perspective of bread. Uh, you know, there, you're, you're absolutely right. There are, are a wide variety of, of yeast products. Um, but we take, you know, with biosynthetics, we're, we're starting with the plant material itself and, and designing the, the yeast um, to execute the way we want it to do. So, so it is a very complicated process to get the yeast to act in the manner that it, it, it wants to act in. And you do need a different strain of yeast for each desired outcome. So for, you know, there's over a hundred cannabinoids uh, in the cannabis plant. And so, you know, you will have to design uh, a different strain of yeast to produce each one. So is it safe to say that uh, the biosynthetic cannabinoid yeast issue is not kosher for Passover? Um, it, you know, I, I, I don't know what a local rabbi would say, but a fermentation run takes five to seven days. So that's sort of beyond the uh, 18 minutes of matzah. So I, I'm going to go out and say that arguably not, but at the end of the day, the finished product is absolutely uh, a holiday cornerstone. Yeah. I, so I'm for sure those of you listening out sure there. Kosher, it's kosher for Easter though, coach. If you're doing an Easter egg hunt, you want to put a little of that synthetic cannabinoid. In Listen, I'm thinking yeast, sure vagina, and All right. you know, coach, matzah. I'm re-railing the conversation now. So, so Daniel, let me ask you this. So what are the marketing possibilities here? How, how do you commercialize this? What's, what's the purpose? Yeah. It, you know, the biosynthetics solves a, a fairly significant supply chain problem. Um, you know, if you, if you look at what's going on, you know, we talk about cannabis 1.0 being dried flour. You talk about cannabis 2.0 uh, being extractive products. So that's everything from uh, uh, oils to gummies to all types of edibles to beverages to topicals. Um, you know, biosynthetics represents uh, cannabis 3.0 and it, it provides a, a scalable supply and a level of purity that, that you are very challenged to get in a traditional market. So, you know, if, if you envision um, a supermarket or, or a drugstore in 10 years from now, almost all the products that they have there are going to involve some degree of cannabinoids in them. A uh, great example would be, you know, shaving cream. Uh, right now you go to the store and you have shaving cream and you can select which color you want and it's got the different additive. You know, there is going to be a time in the not too distant future where shaving cream has CBG in it, where shaving cream has CBD in it, um, where Gatorade has CBD in it. 
so Gatorade's maybe the best one to sort of highlight, or I should say a sports drink, not to promote any particular company. But if Gatorade wanted to put CBD into its sports drink, it would need a very, very reliable supply. That's both from a delivery perspective and from a THC-free perspective. Um, THC, th th free? THC. THC is the hallucinogenic cannabinoid. Uh, the two most, I think, ah, well-known. Okay. I'm just. This is all new to me. This is all new to me. So no, I don't think no it's problem. new to you, Coach. I think if you have a little bit of history with this kind of product, but yeah, <laughs> the you know, so so they're not going to shut down a manufacturing plant just because a truck coming from Bob's Hemp Farm, you know, had a little too much rain and missed missed the uh, the delivery. Right. That's that's not the supply chain solution, and I think a lot of the blue chip companies. Uh, either who are actively looking at this industry or these products are actively developing these products need that reliable, sustainable um, uh, supply of product. The, the other side is that, you know, having, having been in this industry for a fair bit of time and, and run uh, cultivation companies, it's about the worst use of capital that you can have. They're very expensive facilities uh, to build and to operate. And so what we can do with biosynthetics is develop this uh, at a scale that dwarfs any of the pricing that's available in the market. That's both important on what we call the major cannabinoids, which is THC and CBD, which are very prevalent in the plant. But like I mentioned, there's over a hundred other cannabinoids in, in a cannabis plant, some of which are, are uneconomic to get at that may, and I say may, have very useful purposes. And with our process, it's universal whether we produce THC or another cannabinoid we just designed the strain of yeast. So from an economic perspective, you know, if THC, as an example, if it goes for um, $20,000 a kilogram of isolate, uh, some of these miners go for up to upwards of $100,000. Wow. Um, and so if we can produce it and sell it at, you know, wholesale cost of you know, $1,000 or $1,500, it's a very disruptive event to the market. It's not going to, it's not going to replace, uh, you know, dried cannabis and those who enjoy that, but where it, where it becomes an additive into a product, any of the edibles, the topicals, the beverages, that's where it can be a, a very powerful uh, disruptive event. Real quick question. So Daniel, this is podcast gold. All right. This is podcast gold. And we're, we're talking uh, yeast. We're talking shaving cream. Uh, we're talking about Bob's hemp farm. I mean, you're giving me gold here, but I mean, what is the difference between synthetic and biosynthetic? I mean, let's get down to the basics here. This is what I need to know: bio and regular. Yeah, and and, and it's a it's it's something that is very often confused. We've we've tried you know to sort of use the word cellular agriculture to 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 differentiate what what we do as the biosynthetic. A synthetic model does not use a strain of yeast. It will manufacture the same outcome. Uh, by using chemicals. Uh, so it's a chemical formulation as opposed to a natural formulation. Um, because of that, they've actually been able to be a little bit quicker to market. There are some companies out there that have a wider portfolio, but at the end of the day, it's a far more costly production method, um, especially at scale as well. When you ultimately go downstream to the products that are, that it's being incorporated into, they won't be able to use a lot of the labels that these companies want to use in terms of organic, or non-GMO, uh, or or just natural products, and so I think when consumers buy those products, they they won't be happy to have 
synthetic mm -hmm. com components in there. Um, but there are there are uses for it. It's just a far more expensive cost basis, without without the the benefits of of the natural attributes. Right. So so Daniel, I know that your background before you got into this business was financial services. So how did you get into the biosynthetic cannabinoid business, and I guess the the cannabis business at large? Yeah, I, I like to kid around that I'm a recovering investment banker. Um, <laughs> I had. I had I had a, a great a great time across a number of banks, um, but you know I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial house. I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit, and um, you know when I was in my young thirties, I decided to leave banking, um, and I happened to come across uh, Sanjay Gupta's original weed documentary, which you know for me was uh, was a very compelling experience, and I encourage people who who are curious about this to to watch it because it did have such a significant impact on me. I'm probably about the least likely person to have gone into the cannabis business industry. Um, but, you know, for me, that experience, and, and I, I don't want to step on my lead on that, but, you know, followed Charlotte Figgy. Um, uh, Charlotte's Web was the CBD strain that the Stanley brothers out of Colorado developed. It was a high CBD strain um, uh, designed to treat uh, uh, pediatric epilepsy, um, Dravet syndrome in particular. Um, and there were a number of unassailable truths about what cannabis could be used for uh, to help people that had no other, uh, no other option, whether that was PTSD or Dravet uh, or cancer victims. And for me, in what was you know, just coming about in Canada, the, the new federally licensed commercial medical market, um, this was a very compelling item uh, from, from, a, from an efficacy point of view, from a, a use point of view. You know, personally, it ticked all the boxes of what would interest me. It had, you know, it touches on regulatory, on healthcare, on economics. It's entrepreneurial. Uh, it's just such a fascinating, fast-paced industry. That that's all what got me hooked. And uh, I was fortunate to find an opportunity at the forefront of the industry. And, and uh, you know, the rest is history, I guess. You know, so it's clear that we have a whole different perspective on cannabis, marijuana. I mean, I grew up, was called pot marijuana take me a long time to learn that cannabis is the same it's a it's a it's a medical term and you grew uh, up in colorado which was one of the first states to approve that I did. recreational marijuana and there's a there's a big date coming up april 20th the big smoke out yep. uh, happens every year um how does it canada because you're up north our friends of the north compared to what's going on here in the united states oh that's a great question i mean you know we can start all the way at the bottom i mean canada's canada's cannabis regulations uh, in, in terms of the medical market and, and the current regulatory, the legalization market sort of been based on a bunch of court challenges that the public defeated the government on simplistically. Um, and I think our, our government uh, and our regulators have taken very much a crawl, walk, run approach. I'm not sure how fast we're running these days, but definitely a crawl, walk approach um, where commercial medical gave way to commercial recreational. And we had a change in government that had commercial uh, recreational cannabis as part of their party platform. Um, and so when they came in, it was you know, only a matter of time. Um, but we've taken a very disciplined approach on, on, no pun intended, the double entendre here, rolling it out, um, where you know, we had recreation and then we introduced the 2.0 products a year later. Um, so it's been a very disciplined approach, and I do see a lot of that in the in in the U.S. side of things. I mean, Colorado 
um, you know, came out even before, you know, Canada on, on recreational. Um, I think people's, people's approach to legislating this and regulating this is very much indication of, of culture. I, I don't think Canadians writ large would like to have THC gummy bears being mistakenly taken to school. And so appropriate precautions have to be put in place mm -hmm. there. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, you also want to be able to compete as a company on a global scale, uh, especially when you have such a massive first mover advantage that Canadian companies had. Um, but I see a lot of interesting approaches and I see uh, a lot of American governments coming north of the border to learn best practices. Um, and I haven't seen a lot of the same mistakes and the challenges that we had to um, adjust and get through in the first you know, three, four years of our regulations that at times were dysfunctional, but you learn by doing and you learn by being cautious. So, um, you know, I, I, I highlight New York as an example that implemented oil to begin with. Um, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, there's a lot of medical professionals that will say, you know, from a medical perspective, you shouldn't be combusting cannabis. So, you know, I, I think some, some cultures are, are more progressive than others, but I see, you know, holistically, a lot of the same challenges that we've dealt with, you know, including home grow as an example, the U.S. states are, are adopting and making decisions that are, are reflective of, of their, their, their own populace. Hmm. So, Daniel, we're, uh, we're kind of a family-ish show. You know, we, we kind of mix it up and, and get a little goofy, but we're a family-ish show because we're a show about dads. You're in a, a fairly provocative kind of business, and I know you have a family, you're married, and you have young kids. What does your family think about what you do? Um, yeah, a family show that talks about yeast infections. I just want to... I did right? say we were PG-13 when we gave you the primer about that. To the Absolutely. And, and there's know. The, well, there's the Coach Randy effect too. And by the way, Dan, you're, you're doing a great job of rolling with the Coach Randy punches and, and all of his infantile questions. There's you, there's at least one or two. It's like the toy surprise in every box. No problem. I, I do, as, as you alluded to, I do have a five-year-old and three-year-old at home. So I'm I'm well-versed on, on these types of surprises. Um, no, I, I, I do have a, I do have a small family. Um, you know, my wife is a physician, uh, certainly in the early days of the Canadian industry, going back to 2013, 2014, um, there was a lot of stigma. I mean, even with a fairly blue chip background and people that we knew people in the medical community that thought this was a farce or thought it was just a backdoor to, you know, people who wanted recreational cannabis to go get a medical document. Um, you know, it, it's still a, a highly stigma item. Um, but that being said, now, now there's no shortage of parents that want to chat with me about it. You know, people are far more open about their own consumption, their own desire in a recreational environment. Um, you know, I, I would have been concerned a number of years ago about possible stigma for my kids, uh, you know, with, if, if culture hadn't changed or, or at least the adoption of culture, I should, is a better way of saying it because the culture had changed. Um, but now I, I don't see any issue with that. Um, you know, we're trying to push, especially now with biosynthetics, we're trying to elevate the industry and bring it into something that mirrors a lot more like, uh, the alcohol industry. Um, you know, if you ask my daughter what I do for a living, she would just, she would almost certainly tell you that I talk on the phone, I work on my computer and I pay the bills. You're in the gardening um, she business. Knows, <laughs> she knows I work for a company called Levon, but you know, I think it's a little too early to sort of fully explain to her the nuances of it or the complications of it, but I'm looking forward to using my skill set, uh, my experience to, to have that discussion with her. Um, I just think it's a little loaded for a five-year-old at this point. 
Yeah. Okay. But I, I will note, I, I mean, I, I, we may get to it in the next block or so, but um, there's no shortage of people now that, that want to introduce what I do to their kids and the hope that I, I will then talk to them and, and educate them from that perspective is sort of the expert, but. Yep. So no pun intended on our end when you're not cultivating this business and you're on the phone all the time and you're on your computer trying to make things happen. What, what do you like to do with your family? You know, we, we've been up to Toronto ourselves quite a few times and full disclosure, uh, Daniel is my brother's brother-in-law. So we've gone up to Toronto for several celebrations. He comes from a large family and we've always enjoyed our time up there, but you know, you, you live there. So what do you like to do with a young family up in Toronto? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, my, my son just turned three and I was, you know, taking note that he's lived a third of his life under effective lockdown. Um, so, so obviously that's, that's changed a whole lot of things. Um, you know, right now, uh, free time is dominated by family time. Uh, and, and that's great. Um, my, my kids have become very good at skating. They've really taken to skiing over the winter. Um, but, you know, not dissimilar to all parents with young kids, you know, you're driving around to activities and play dates as it persists. So, um, you know, me, I'm a, I'm a huge baseball fan. Um, you know, happy opening day to everybody opening weekend. Um, Hello, Blue Jays. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get my kids, uh, you know, a lot of time my wife trying to just get them exposed to things, see what their interests are and um, follow, follow them where that takes us. Well, Daniel, this has uh, been enlightening and it's nice to hear that you've got this great young family. I just remember, want to remind you that young kids grow up to be big kids, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. We have teenagers. I have a couple in their 20s. Um, and with that said, what's some kind of dad advice? What's advice for dads? What kind of dad advice do you have for our dads that are out there listening? Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm rather fortunate in that a number of my closest friends have kids that are older than me. And, and so, you know, I've, I've received stage advice. And I think the thing that I'm trying to do um, as much as possible is, is really just enjoy each phase. Um, even, even as painful as that phase or that complication may be um, because it's going to be gone and you're going to, you're going to regret not, not savoring the moment. I, I keep telling my wife that I would love to, you know, have one more wakeless, you know, period of, you know, being the one who has to rock the baby to sleep again and be the only one who can do that. Not that I'm saying me and my wife, not just me, but I, I miss that. I miss that phase. I, I relish that. And so, you know, talking to people who are older than me, uh, not older than me, who have kids that are older than me, uh, who, who remark how quickly it goes, just enjoying what is a five and a three-year-old. And, you know, my three-year-old asked my wife last night, why do we have a nose and why do we have a mouth? And just really savoring that moment. Um, because it'll go quick and there'll be a next phase that comes in and they will grow up really soon. So just trying to enjoy it and, and especially under these, you know, rather difficult trying times, but just trying even in, in the bad to see the best opportunity on it. Yeah. And I have to tell you, as a, as a Canadian, you're a Canadian. One thing I don't envy is having to teach my kids to skate. I think, you know, Canadian kids have to learn to skate or you get uh, excommunicated from the country, right? It's just a, it's just an understanding that, that that's going to happen. So. No, and it, it, it made it really easy this year because it was one of the, you know, there were no indoor activities over the winter yeah. and, and uh, the city had all the rinks open with precautions. And so it, it became, you know, every Saturday, Sunday. And so the kids became really good. It was a, it was a nice outlet. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you could still do you 
uh, as they say. So awesome. Daniel Goldberg of Levon talking a little bit about biosynthetic cannabinoid. I know we've only scratched the surface, but uh, Dan, you know, what we like to do on the show is, yeah, have a little fun, but uh, also learn a little something. And uh, I tell you, my, uh, my enlightenment about this particular topic has, uh, has certainly grown. So um, we're going to take the interview home, but if people want to learn a little bit more about Levon and biosynthetic cannabinoid, what are some good resources? Yeah, I'd point people to our, our website and our social media. Um, there's a great video that we've developed um, that walks you through the biosynthetic uh, space. And there's some literature on our website that people can peruse about efficacy of various cannabinoids. Uh, and that's www.levon.com. Awesome. Daniel Goldberg of Levon, again, talking about biosynthetic cannabinoid right here on Bad to the Dead. Daniel, thanks so much for spending time with us on the podcast. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Daniel. We are Bad to the Dad. Download us wherever you find podcasts. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Remember, we are brought to you by Berman Branding and BermanBranding.com. That's Becky Berman. She is the expert that you want to contact for all of your web design, marketing plans, social media design needs. She even does graphic design. She designed the Bone Daddy logo. That's our totem. That's what you see on all of our social media platforms and on our website and soon all of our t-shirts. She does an impeccable job, even doing an impeccable job with our good friend, Coach Randy, and his business, Coach Randy Says. Coach, I want to thank Daniel Goldberg, SVP of Corporate Development of Levon, biosynthetic cannabinoid. I think by now you have nailed the pronunciation, but I got to tell you, I was fascinated that there is actually a, a business for this. That yes, this is... and it's bio, biosynthetic yes. cannabinoid. Did not know. I think, I think they need to do biosynthetic podcasting. I don't know what that would mean, but you know, <laughs> may, maybe we can get... We can get reasonable facsimiles of ourselves to wake up early on Sunday morning to record the show with our real guests. But <laughs> that's actually um, very funny, Adam D. Just hearing kind of the business side of this kind of a product was was really wild. So you I know, and it's really I, nice. Daniel, the best of luck. You know, what's really nice is someone who takes the cannabinoid business as seriously as he does. Yes, you, you know, you know, you're going to get a good product when you care that much. Somebody, somebody has to take it seriously because I'm sure there's a lot of people in that business who are probably just walking through life completely burned out and are, are in it just because, you know, they enjoy cannabis. But yeah, when you care enough to send the very best, right? Send some biosynthetic cannabinoid. That's, <laughs> that's the way to go. So next week, we have next got week. A, uh, a really uh, inspiring and uh, incredible guest. I always say we have incredible guests, but this one uh, I think you're really going to want to tune in for. We're going to have David Lewis. And David is one of three single dads who have opened up an organic deli in Asbury Park, New Jersey. We know about Asbury Park. That's where the Stone Pony is, where Bruce Springsteen got his start. And these three guys opened up this deli, all three ex-cons. So you got three ex-cons who are single dads running a deli, trying to give back to their communities and uh, just hit the reset button on their lives. So it just goes to show you, anybody can start over and do some good in the world, coach. You know, I've been thinking this could be one 
of those podcasts that we have that becomes a uh, defining moment in our uh, podcast, Bad of the Dead uh, life. You know, we've had uh, several of those. And like you said, every week we have new dads that come in and we get uh, a great play. We're, we're, we're high in Belgium. You know, France still a great parking topic. Luxembourg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. The target market, but this has the potential. I mean, this the, you're gonna want to you're gonna want to listen in next week to to hear about some dads who uh, probably have gone through their fair share of challenges, but to come out uh, and uh, we're calling it Delhi dads, Delhi dad. dads. Yeah, I tell you, and you, and you can't judge. You know, when I met David, I mean, he's extremely well spoken. He's got a really good business mind. He very curious talking about, Hey, what are we going to talk about? What, what would you like to know? Any information I can give you. So just extremely organized, very excited to be on the podcast. We're thrilled to have them also going to talk about opening day or a home opening day at a baseball team. I'm taking my daughter to the Mets home opener on Thursday. So I want to talk a little bit about how baseball is going to be organized with fans in the stadium, 20% capacity at City Field. So I'm just going to bring some of my observations and also talk about the game, an opening day game, through the eyes of my 15-year-old daughter. So looking forward to sharing that experience next week on Bad to the Dad. Coach? What a special, what a special dad, uh, dad time, dad, daddy-daughter time to, to choose to go to a Mets game. Uh, Good for you, Adam. D. I must, be, are, I must be a really good dad if I'm taking her to go yeah, see you, the Mets. If you, if you know it, I mean, I'm a Yankee fan, but if you look yes. at my sweatshirt I'm wearing today, yeah, this is the 2012 playoffs when uh, Alex and I went. It was a birthday gift from my yeah. wife, and Alex and I went, and this was a night that Raul Abanez hit the walk-off, hit, well, hit the tying home run in the bottom of the night. Yep. Uh, the first time Alex Rodriguez was ever benched in his career, and then Raul Abanez in extra innings goes yard for the walk-off home run. Uh, those are the memories you're going to have. And now you have this memory. You do a good job as a dad creating memories with uh, with your kids. So I can't wait to hear all, all about opening day uh, with, with Perry at yeah. uh, City Field Stadium. It's all about taking time off of work and school because work and school will be there when you get back. But you don't always get an opening day. And you don't always get an opening day with your 15-year-old daughter who would probably prefer to spend more time with her friends. So that story is coming up next week on episode eight. We're bad to the dad. Dads, have a great week. <laughs>